0: This is the Adult Explore the Bible weekly leader training podcast. This podcast is designed to help teachers prepare to lead a Bible study group using LifeWay's Explore the Bible adult resources. Each week, we review the Bible passage for that week's study, examine some questions teachers may face, and give some teaching tips along the way. During the spring of 2023, we're studying chapters 12 through 21 of John's Gospel. I'm Dwayne McCurry, your host, and Amber Baden is here as well. Amber is the new team leader for Explore the Bible, so Amber, thank you for being a part of this podcast this week.
1: Thank you. I'm glad to be a part and happy to be here.
0: And we're being joined by Tim Pollard. Tim gives leadership to the kids Explore the Bible team. Tim was with us uh, three weeks ago, I believe now, and we looked at a passage that's kind of related to what we're looking at now uh, here in session seven. We're going to be looking at John chapter 15 verses 26 through 27, and verses chapter 16, verses 7 through 15. And the the focus here is when the Spirit comes. Uh, We've identified these three points when we're looking at these verses. Testify, convicts, and guides. Testify relates to John chapter 15, verses 26 through 27. In these verses, Jesus explained that the Holy Spirit would testify about him. The disciples would also testify about Jesus as eyewitnesses to his life. Main point for us is that believers are partners with the Holy Spirit in telling others about Jesus. The second section of our outline, Convicts, comes from John chapter 16, verses 7 through 11. In these verses, Jesus emphasized that the disciples benefited by him going to the Father because he would send the Spirit. The Spirit convicts the world about sin, righteousness, and judgment. For us, we need to understand that we can depend on the Holy Spirit to convict others about sin. The last part of this outline for this particular session is guides, which looks at John chapter 16, verses 12 through 15. In these verses, Jesus noted that he had many more things to teach the disciples that would be shared by the Spirit. The Spirit speaks on behalf of the Father and the Son, declaring all God's truth. The main point for us is that believers can depend on the Holy Spirit to show them truth. So in this study here, we have the issue of the role of the Holy Spirit, the Trinity. We have this idea of he's he's being sent from the Father, um, a question that that we have here does that make the spirit a servant to the father or a servant to jesus since they're the ones sending him uh, tim help us think through that question to begin with
2: sure um the answer to that is no <laughs> Simple. <laughs> did you need more <laughs>
0: Thank you. Let's move on from there. No. Yeah. yeah. So, so help, just unpack that a little bit, I mean, um, sure. it, that really gets to the, to the issue of how we help folks understand the Trinity. Um, right. And, 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 and most of the times we think of the father, we think of the son, but we don't always give as much um, authority to the spirit.
2: Right. And that's an excellent point. And that's really kind of what I was going to, going to say to you. Um, Obviously, this is talking about the Trinity and and you are right. I think a lot of times we don't give as much credence to the role of the Holy Spirit, because a lot of times, um, you know, maybe it's uh, the Spirit's role is is misunderstood um, and we don't we don't really kind of know how to tackle that and handle it um, through Scripture. So um, the Spirit is as coexistent as Jesus and God the Father. So it doesn't make the spirit subservient in any way. It makes the the spirit equal to God the Father and God the Son. So and we'll get in I think a little bit more uh, as we talk through this session as to what the trinity is and kind of kind of some things about that. So
0: you know one of the activities suggested in the leader guide and in the daily discipleship guide in the group plans and this relates to when we're looking at verses uh, 7 through 11 of chapter 16, uh, it, it encourages us to place the group in the teams of three or four, and then it instruct each team to read these verses in multiple translations. Um, one of the things they are going to know notice is that different translators translate this word that we may say it, it's comforter in some translations, it's counselor, it's advocate, it's helper. Mm-hmm. Uh, one translation i found in preparation for today they take uh, I, I guess i would say they take the easy way out and they just translate it paraclete
1: um,
0: <laughs> which the, the the greek word used here is parakletos uh, which means to come to one side it's the idea of one who stands with someone in court those kind of things uh, the the uh, dig deeper feature uh, in quick source also gives us more information here. So does pack out of 14. But what we are asked to do is look at those different ways it's translated and then, then determine which of these terms resonates with us the most and why I'll discuss that, give a brief conversation about that. That will help. I think uh, in the process of leading the Bible study group, get a deeper appreciation of this term, comforter, advocate, counselor, however it's translated, helper, uh, and give a fuller understanding of that. Uh, Jesus said the Spirit would help us know truth, and why was that necessary, Tim?
2: Um, obviously because it's the truth and, (laughs) and scripture tells us that the truth will set you free. And so when the spirit is, is really illuminating that truth for us, When, when I explain this to kids, one of the things that we talk about is that, um, when, when we sin and that's one of the roles of the Holy spirit, and we'll talk about that in a minute, but when we sin, one of the roles of the Holy spirit is to help us to recognize that we have sinned. And that happens in several different ways. Kids can identify and equate that with butterflies in their stomach or, you know, a feeling of uneasiness, knowing that what I just did is, is not something that I should have done. Um, so that's part of the Holy Spirit's role in helping us to understand that truth, um, because we know the truth of Scripture. And when we become believers, you know, uh, the Holy Spirit helps us to identify what that truth is and helps us to live according to it. So it's really necessary um, for the, the spirit to be inside of us so he can give us those guardrails and help us to to always follow the truth that, that scripture talks about.
1: I think one of our, um, I think it's the leader God pulls out this truth about that. And it, he says God's desire for this is that it would lead us to repentance, not not just um Understanding our sin or recognizing it uh, for us to to just feel bad and to feel condemnation or even despair, um, but that it would lead us to repentance. There is a there is a purpose there that it would uh, lead us to repentance to uh, come straight to the Lord for it. Absolutely. Yeah. The actions of the Spirit to convict of sin, righteousness, and judgment—is this one action or three actions? How do we understand that?
2: So I think that is three actions because Jesus kind of enumerated them after he said them. So you know, here's the actions of the Holy Spirit to convict of sin, to convict of righteousness, and to convict of judgment. So what he's really talking about is, um, you know, sin obviously is our missing the mark. We don't we don't hit the target and Um, that's a perpetual problem for people. Um, We are sinners by nature. And even after we trust in Christ, we still continue to sin because um, we do continually miss that mark that God has set apart for us. Um, So as we just talked about, obviously conviction of sin is very important from the Holy Spirit to, to lead us to that understanding that we have done wrong and that we do need to repent of that sin and move into forgiveness. So, and then the righteousness that, that Christ was talking about, really, he's, um, obviously righteousness by definition is being right with God. And, um, only Jesus is truly righteous, um, in that vein, because when he defined this for the disciples, that's kind of what he did. He just let, you know, uh, he defined it (laughs) through himself. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I am righteousness basically is what he's saying. And, you know, we, we need to attain that righteousness, but obviously the only way that we can ever do that is through that relationship with Christ. And then judgment is, um, you know, God's judgment is perfect. And, Mm -hmm. um, sometimes judgment that comes is obviously it's not happy. It's not exciting. It's not something that we look forward to, but, but God's judgment is, is perfect. And uh, that's because, because he's holy Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that's, um, that's who he is. And, you know, we want to attain that, but like I said, obviously, you know, we can never do that in our own power. Uh, that's why we have the Holy spirit to, to help, to guide us and to give us the strength to do the things that we need to
0: do in a way that will honor God.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that that those three actions or that set of actions. Let me word it that way. Um, you think about how they're connected: convict of sin, con- of righteousness, and of judgment. Um, you know, we we understand that we are sinners, and that we don't meet God's standard of righteousness, and therefore we're worthy of judgment. All three of those things working together should move us to repentance. As Amber was talking about just a minute ago, Mm -hmm. the ultimate goal is not just for us to feel bad about what we've done, but for us to repent and turn to God, ask him to forgive us and (laughs) then have that, remove that barrier between us and him. So we can then enjoy his presence and fellowship with him. So one of the things that I think that's interesting
2: that you said that one of the things that we repeated over and over with our children when they were smaller was uh you know I, I don't want you to be sorry i want you to be different <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's exactly what you just said just in a different way mm-hmm. you know it's great that you're sorry but if it doesn't change your actions then then you're really not <laughs> yeah. yeah and, and that's kind of the the same thing with with uh you know sin we can be sorry for sin but if we don't if we if it if we don't let it change our actions the next time then have we truly repented yeah
1: uh, so there may be a question that group members have as as we study this passage because Jesus is talking about when the holy spirit comes all these things that he will do and there may be someone in your group thinking wait a second the holy spirit did some things in the old testament already so wasn't wasn't he already there why are we saying he's coming um, that Jesus will send the Holy spirit or ask the father to send the Holy spirit. How does that work? Is that not, has that not already happened? <laughs> so, so how can we yes. help them understand that? <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> so again, I think that goes back to a discussion that we had back in session four or two where we talked about the the difference where the Holy spirit was active in the, in the old Testament and as part of the Trinity coexisting with God, the Holy Spirit has been there since the beginning. Um, we see his action, obviously, in the very first verse of mm-hmm. of the mm-hmm. Bible, where, you know, um, the Spirit was hovering over the surface of the waters. And so the Spirit has always been existent.
1: Well, we know in the Old Testament, he came upon certain judges, prophets in a way that gave them Extraordinary power, and people would say, "Oh, the spirit was with them." Um, and we can think back to different people in the Old Testament that that was true about.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, however, um, it it might be helpful to think of it this way: the Holy Spirit was present; He's always existed. He was at He was at specific times and locations, but in a different way than he, than He would be once Pentecost happened. And so then. Um, he would be with with He would indwell every believer.
2: Mm-hmm. So one of the things I love to do with kids when we talk about this is we talk about Old Testament Bible people and you know who their favorite Bible people are and why and things like that. And what you just said is is super important because when the Holy Spirit indwelled those people and gave them the ability to do things, the key to that is to remember that the Holy Spirit hasn't changed. So, the same Holy Spirit that indwelled those people and gave them those abilities is the exact same Holy Spirit that indwells you when you become a believer. So, Mm -hmm. we have the same access to the Holy Spirit that whoever your favorite Bible person in the Old Testament did. So,
1: that's a good way to put it. I like that.
0: that. That is helpful. That is helpful. Any other key ideas or thoughts that we would need to share? with our listeners today as they prepare to lead the Bible study group on session seven, John 15 and 16.
2: I think one of the questions that, that, um, probably we're going to talk about, I think it is the nature of the Trinity itself. And, you know, uh, for kids, we always are very super careful in the way that we define that, Mm -hmm. um, because we don't want to get into Giving them a false impression of what the Trinity is. You know, there there are plenty of things out there that people use to explain what the Trinity is, but none of them are true.
0: Because well, they fall short in some way too. They, absolutely,
2: because you know. I mean, God just can't be defined.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> and our understanding of the Trinity really just boils down to a it's a matter of faith. Um, we have to believe that God is who He says He is. Um, it, so He it, is. Uh, Well, when we talk about Jesus being 100% God and 100% Mm -hmm. human when he lived on the earth, you know, that's a difficult concept for kids to understand. And it's the same with the Trinity. So God is all three of these things at the exact same moment.
0: (laughs) And one of the things too, that the the older I get, let me rephrase that. The more more seasons I become, (laughs) um, I am much more comfortable with the mystery of God and not knowing the answers. I agree completely. When <laughs> I was younger, I think I, I wanted to have the answer. Um, why is it this way? What's well, got to be in it? Here's the explanation. And it may be my Western mindset. I don't know. But the but as I've gained some experiences, um, I've become much more comfortable with the mystery of life, and I'm okay with that. I don't mm-hmm. I don't I don't know that I deserve to know. And there's part of me that thinks I probably couldn't figure it out and understand it anyway. And uh, I need to be okay with my finite ability at that point. And that's so, what
2: faith is all about.
0: Yeah. You, you eliminate faith if you have all the explanations. Yeah. And um, that may be why as we get more seasoned, <laughs> there's that word again, <laughs> we become more comfortable with the mystery because our, great, our faith has grown to where we don't have to have those explanations the whole time. Right.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Any other thoughts or ideas that we need to share before we go today?
1: Uh, I would just encourage group leaders to take a look at the blog posts found uh, on our website go explore the Bible.com forward slash blog. Every Thursday, a new post is added. And these posts will help you better understand, Explore the Bible resources and the ideas behind these resources, how to use them, um, kind of really what's available for you. Um, we hope those will be valuable and practical as you prepare to lead your group.
0: And that's a place to go to, to find out about the resources Tim works on and mm-hmm. Explore the Bible mm-hmm. Kids as well. Uh, GoExploreTheBible.com has information on not just adult resources and kids resources, but also student resources that can help your church in all areas of Bible study groups. Tim, thank you for being with us today. We appreciate it. Absolutely. Amber, next week, Mike Livingston is going to be joining us. We're going to be looking at session eight, looking at John chapter 17, verses 13 through 26, the high priestly prayer. And we're going to be focusing on the idea that a shared commitment to God's purposes produces unity among all believers.